0: Hello, my name is Emily Jansen, and this is the Leadership is Female podcast. I am a female leader in the professional sports industry, and my front office resume includes titles like general manager, vice president of corporate partnerships, and director of sales. Did you know that less than 25% of leadership roles in the sports and entertainment industry are held by women? We've got work to do. Why? Because companies with gender and or culturally diverse executive teams were 21% to 35% more likely to outperform the competition. Simply put, diverse leadership helps your bottom line. The Leadership is Female podcast is here to help. Marian Wright Edelman said, you can't be what you can't see. So I am here as your host to create visibility by interviewing successful women who work in sports to uncover opportunities and teach you the tips and the mindset that will get you to the top faster. I believe there's enough room at the table for all of us. Take your seat and join me week after week, season after season, as we reach back to extend a hand to pull you forward. We will lead you forward because leadership is female. Hey leaders, let me be blunt. Sometimes in order to level up, you've got to get a new job because of this awesome community we have created here for engaged sports professionals and leaders in adjacent industries. Opportunities are floating to this community. Do you want to hear about them? I want to share these new opportunities with you. Recently, I've included listings of available jobs in our newsletter and will continue to do so. If you aren't on that newsletter list, you can add your email at leadershipisfemale.com. And if you are hiring, email me at my personal email, emilyjansen at gmail.com, so that I can share your open role. If we want to continue to add diverse, talented leaders to our businesses, we have to look for new ways to recruit this diverse talent. 80% of our listeners on the Leadership is Female podcast are women. Find your next great hire here. Let's go. I was debriefing on the 2021 season with some members of my team when I thought, wouldn't it be cool if we recorded an episode where I could debrief with another leader from another team, see what things we learned from this season, if we found anything in common, or if she had learned something that I hadn't or vice versa. And then I thought, well, what if we recorded it and shared it with all of you? So that's how this episode was born. And I'm happy that the person I get to do this with is my good friend, Jenna Burns. She is the EVP for the Oklahoma City Dodgers, another AAA team in our league, AAA West, an affiliate of the LA Dodgers. So I called her up on Zoom, promised we'd be done in 30 minutes or less, and we hit record. Jenna and I shared some things that we learned between concessions and tickets and event operations and marketing and theme nights and giveaways and more. We just talked through it. No robust agenda or list of questions on this one. It's candid at its finest. So I hope you find some meaning and some interesting insight from this conversation that could help you with your planning next year. For any of you who work in baseball, there's certainly been a big shift in the last year, and we don't have some of our signature events this offseason like the Innovator Summit and baseball winter meetings in the same capacity that it was before, where we did a lot of learning and breakout sessions and sharing and debriefing of best practices. So I hope this serves as a tiny bit of learning and insight for all of you. If you like this episode and want to hear more, we can certainly build out more agenda, more robust debrief, and I would be more than happy to share that with you. And also, if you can recommend anyone that you think should be a part of it, email us leadershipisfemale at gmail.com. Also, if you've got some tips, email us and we will share them on Instagram. So without further ado, let's go. Welcome to the Leadership is Female podcast, my good friend, Jenna Burns, SVP for the Oklahoma City Dodgers, AAA affiliate of the Dodgers in minor league baseball. How are you?
1: Hey, good. Thank you for having me.
0: Of course. So (laughs) Jenna and I get to exchange these great text messages and phone calls, and uh, we thought we would share a little bit maybe slightly edited version of that with the leadership is female podcast, as we're wrapping up our minor league baseball season. And typically we recap with our teams, which we will do all the different departments, but we thought it would be fun to do a quick overview of what we learned, what we wish we did, what we're looking towards for next year and share that with you guys um, from teams in two different time zones uh, same same league but uh, but definitely two different staffs two different time zones affiliates ballparks cities all those things uh, see what's similar see what's different and maybe we can generate some good ideas that help us and help you so that is the setup what do you think about that Jenna
1: I think that sounds great I uh, have to just preface everyone like we're in the middle of our final stretch and um, it's like midway through the afternoon and so like as the day goes on my filter gets less and less and so where whatever happens happens is all i can say
0: that's hey authenticity <laughs> is queen so i'm so good with that we are also in the middle of our final stretch and i've had a final final stretch Mm-hmm. And I've had quite the ride um, over the last couple of days as the mm-hmm. pandemic is not yet over. So um, it's it's been interesting, but we're not going to focus on that. I think we've all had enough discussions about so. COVID, yes, mm-hmm. over this last uh, year and a half. Um, but we are going to talk about is the business side of things. And I was talking to Jenna and telling her that something I learned this week was we gave all of our staff members uh, gift cards for the concession stands so that they could eat uh, before the games that were added to our schedule and not have to deal with bringing in catering. So day one, which was Wednesday, hand out these gift cards and gates open. We welcome our fans. We start getting into uh, to the heat of, of the game and I start receiving crazy feedback, like crazy as in a lot of feedback from the staff about their use of these gift cards. What did the food taste like? What was good? What was bad? How fast were the concession stand lines? Where was the good spot to go? I mean, it was fast and furious. And I thought to myself, I remember doing this in 2019, giving out some some cash to staff members and having them go and eat at the concession stands. And we didn't do it in, uh, I think we had enough to worry about in 2021. We didn't do it this year. And I thought, okay, this is at the top of my list for just an easy thing to accomplish next year, because the feedback from staff is, is real time. It's business minded, and it's slightly different from what you'd get from a fan.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's, um, it's super interesting. It's also interesting. And I'm glad that you mentioned it. Like, there were some best practices that we didn't necessarily have catalogs that we would usually do, right? Just because you're like, you know that like in April, when we get started, you kind of let concessions get sorted out for the first homestand, second homestand, maybe you send a secret shopper, you do some of that kind of stuff. And this year, it's like, there were so many things to to worry about and to focus on that, you know, as far as, as we were concerned, it was like that's. I mean, food and beverage is a huge part of anyone's experience. But as far as like where we could remember to put the you know kind of our uh, our emphasis it's like doing the secret shopping stuff wasn't there
0: totally and it just was happenstance for us and another happenstance which I will preface this by saying at one point I was I was embarrassed to admit that we had to do this but on the other hand I celebrate the fact that we're willing to jump in and I think you're going to I think you're going to find some commonalities with, with what I'm about to say but I had to work in a concession stand on a Saturday night and just so happened that there wasn't adequate reporting on staffing numbers literally until the gates opened and we noticed that there was a garage door closed on one of our stands and that's where a big group was going to get service that night And the only people available to jump in are those that are unscheduled, which for us is the leadership team. So we're there, but we don't have like a specific job because we fill in, you know, where there might be a need and the need was in the concession stand. So along with the president of our team, uh, we slung hot dogs and, and filled up drinks. And at first it was leaders shouldn't have to do this, but then it was leaders should do what they need, what needs to get done. And then. The positive spin on that was, what can we learn from this experience? And it wasn't about what can we learn about staffing. It was what can we learn about what the customers want. Mm-hmm. And so I had, you know, several hours of interactions with one customer after another, and I got curious. What are they wearing? What are they ordering? Um, how much are they ordering? How much are they spending? What are they mm-hmm. looking for? And it was a pretty eye-opening experience for. For me and um, something i think our staff might benefit for from in the future
1: yeah i think that anytime you can put yourself in those like very direct customer facing roles because you're right like on a on a game night if things are going well that means that we have people in the places that they're supposed to be and they're performing at a high level um, and i think this year you know every across the country every team has been impacted with with staffing challenges, um, whether it's because they have positions that are open that they can't get filled, or if you know we're still kind of pandemic recovery mode and we can't fill some of these spots yet, you know, and so you know people have had to be uh, really focusing on those other duties as assigned parts of our job descriptions. Um, but you know, in a typical year, and you know, we went to um, to mobile tickets this year. But it used to be one of my favorite spots to work if we needed it um, is the will call in the ticket office, which we don't really have will call anymore. But when we did, it was my favorite place to be, especially in that like 30 minutes prior to gates opening to like first pitch where it's like just super, super crazy and, you know, people are trying to go and get in the facility and it really gave me a lot of insight on like what types of questions people ask when they receive their tickets. We were able to go and modify some different things as it relates to information distributed at that time and, and some of those things. And so it's one of those things that unless you have people in those spots that are directly facing customers, like, you know, our our um, part-time ticket office employees are awesome. They just don't know, you know, they don't know some of the questions to ask and then, you know, and And so um, having some of us down there was really helpful and we were able to make some changes, but you can't make changes if you don't know about it.
0: It's so true. And I had a similar experience. I scanned tickets um, over a weekend and it's funny because the people who recognized me were like, what are you doing out here? And, you know, is this the VIP line? And my response was like, I love that. (laughs) I, I, uh, I want to say hello and have fun tonight, enjoy the game and, and be your first interaction. And then also I want to be curious and that curiosity leads to like, how are the tickets presented? Do mm-hmm. are they on their phone ready to scan as we moved towards mobile ticketing, as you mentioned, um, are they bringing the right ticket? So a couple sep- couple times they presented a ticket for a previous game for me to scan. Um, and I was able to help them navigate to, to the right right mm-hmm. date. Um, they printed everything but the mobile ticket. Love I don't that. know if you had that one. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, luckily, they had an iPhone. So I was able to go on the phone, they had the email, we could, you know, navigate. But what it helped me to understand was like training points. Mm-hmm. So once we need to be training our ticket scanners to be able to navigate, um, when they're at the gates, we have people roaming out front to help with mobile ticketing. However, there's lots of, of guests that get to to the scan before they realize they even have a problem right And I was I don't have some crazy proficiency in mobile ticketing. that's not something I live in day to day, but I was able to help them problem solve and then that's led me to think more about training in the future uh, not just hit this button on the scanner, but here's right. how you can help the guest get to the ticket correctly.
1: Yeah we we did a an abundance of mobile ticket training this year and then also you know we had um we had people I had two people at each gate stationed out in front for every game and their directive was like make people show you their ticket like make sure that they're all set and then that way the line will run smoother um every year we do a big training um it's called dodgers university we have all of our full-time staff part-time staff Um, any like frontline concession workers clean team anyone that's going to interact with fans come out and it's really kind of our time to like refocus everyone on um, you know our expectations for customer service what type of things are new this year which this year were were a lot of new things Um, but in doing so we try to make sure that our the people the attendees for that event get the same experience that our customers would so like we sent them all mobile tickets that they had to download and have ready to be scanned when they came in the gate. So they would kind of have that, that experience on the opposite side of what they would usually, um, but just to help them prepare for the season as well.
0: That is such a good idea. So in order to get into the Dodgers University training, they got a ticket and you mm-hmm. welcomed them through the gates. I love that.
1: Yes. Yeah, well, it's it's one of those things that's like, you know, there's so it's so easy to have a disconnect between your customer service team and your full time staff and like full time staff, like we live this stuff every day, not just, you know, the 72 events that we have during the season. So, you know, there can be like this kind of this thing of like, well, I don't know why they would make decisions like that, or I don't know, that's just what they tell me. And we do our best in this event and then throughout the season to really break down the they um, and doing it in this way is really helpful. So they can have that experience. But then on the on the other side, like we can explain not just that we are doing something different, but it's why we're doing something different. And then they can kind of own that a little
0: bit more. Yeah, the why is so important. Yeah. Not like, I, I don't want to say not just because, not just because, right? Like people ask why and, and you're like, another thing I've got to answer but I think it it has more stickiness to it when you know the reason. Mm-hmm. so if if I know the why behind a decision, then i can I can get in front of it, and I'm probably mm-hmm. going to remember the solution uh, with with greater accuracy mm-hmm. if I know why we came to that solution.
1: And from a problem solving, like from a problem solving area, also, like if you know what like people are trying to get at and and understand the why, then you might be just a little bit more empowered to do something different from a decision making standpoint than you usually would because you know what that end goal looks like mm-hmm. and that's important to us too because our you know like it, you know save for the the times that you're in front scanning tickets like your your customer service staff is going to interact with fans more directly than you will you know in in most instances and so we have to make sure that we have a really unified
0: message. It's so true. And it's it's, it's like a giant game of telephone at some oh point gosh, in time. Yes. The way that you're communicating these messages <laughs> and they end up getting interpreted in, in different ways. So uh, let me, th- uh, the buffets. Okay, so we <laughs> we, we both do, like yep. every team does, lots of party areas with buffets. And there's a lot of whys around the the way that we set it up and then specifically how long the food is good for. I don't know if that's the, I see yes. Jenna shaking her head right now because yes. it's like, what? there's all this food and what are you gonna do? Just throw it away, you know? And it's like, well, it's been sitting out for two hours. Well, if it was on a burner or it was on ice or it was covered this way, you know, can't we reuse it? It feels like that comes up every year.
1: Like, And who wants to eat reused food? like that's, that's my thing. Well, the
0: cookies are still good, Jenna.
1: (laughs) Well, those, those cookies have enough preservatives to last a while. I think for all of us,
0: those cookies will outlive us. So yeah, more hockey puck than cookie probably,
1: (laughs) but it is so true. It's just like from a, like from a customer service standpoint, it's like, just like think if you were the customer in that instance, like, I don't want that.
0: No, definitely not. And but it's it's the why cuz yeah. everyone comes from a different background we've got uh-huh. a diverse assortment of people who work seasonally hopefully diverse front offices and everyone has a different idea of how things should be done where they should mm-hmm. be done how their mom did it even when it comes to the food service stuff i mean you you run the gamut yeah. in terms of expectations length of time, um, what you should serve and how it should all go. So Mm -hmm. being able to talk about the why, and a lot of that, I'll say like, that's, that's on me too. I've learned so much from our concessionaire about why we do certain things, Mm -hmm. why we sell them a certain way. Um, it all rolls up into the business, but it also rolls up into best practices across industry and not Mm -hmm. necessarily this microcosm of this one team.
1: Yeah, good point.
0: What was the uh, the winning food item this year for for the Dodgers?
1: Well, uh, ours is more beverage than food. Uh, okay. We were one of the many teams that introduced the beer bat, and yes. it went. Oh, yes. uh It was wildly popular. Um, I, you know, and and you and I are pretty similar in the sense of like we have, we have sales backgrounds. You're, you're more in partnerships, and I'm more in ticketing. Um, but for me, like I was never of the mindset that like a food or beverage item was going to be the reason that people came out to the ballpark, right? The reason that people come out to the ballpark is our marketing strategies and our sales reps on the phone and going out and meeting with people and doing the hard things to sell tickets. And I'm going to tell you that I saw actual transactions take place to buy tickets specifically to come in and get a beer bat. And I was floored. I was like, "There is no way." But people got so excited about them and built these like beer bat towers that went from like the first level to the second, and and like it, people that it was all over social media, and it was just like this wild phenomenon that I'm just thinking like, how how is this the thing? But I mean, in fairness, like if I were um, at a ballpark and I wasn't working, like I'd I'd get a beer bat, so mm-hmm. I get it.
0: Yeah, I I remember now that text you sent me on a, a Friday night of the beer bat tower reaching the, the tower. second deck. Yes. That was incredible. So what uh what did you learn this year with your promotions um or your, you know, we in our business we separate dailies like daily deals from promotions, which might be fireworks or mm-hmm. a theme night. Um is there anything that you learned this year about those? You guys, we have a new website, leadershipisfemale.com. Please visit us and know that we are here to help get you to the top faster. Are you a career female looking for an edge? Are you looking for answers on how you can level up? Our purpose is to bring interviews with female leaders in sports each week through this podcast, Leadership is Female, so you can uncover opportunities, hear tips to elevate your career, learn from our mistakes and successes so that you can get to the top faster. We're giving you all the advice we know now that we wish we knew then. We're extending a hand back to lead you forward. Let's go. Visit leadershipisfemale.com, join our newsletter, check out all the episodes of the podcast, and stay tuned for more resources to lead you forward. Leadershipisfemale.com. Throughout this season of Leadership is Female, I've talked with several founders of the Pro Sports Assembly. I'm glad to become a founder, too, and invite you to join us at prosportsassembly.com. We are the association for people who work in professional sports. Our core purpose is the advancement of diverse and inclusive leadership. From finance to innovation, operations and sales to social responsibility, marketing, human resources, and analytics, the assembly aims to ensure pro sports has a diverse and talented pipeline to lead these efforts and more. Visit prosportsassembly.com to learn more. Well, I think that,
1: like, anecdotally, I don't necessarily like, I don't usually think that certain things move the needle in our market the same way that they do in others, but I think it's because of the way that we market them, right? So, like, Um, like a bobblehead giveaway for us is not a guarantee like does not guarantee a sold out game and I think in other places it does but I think that's a different training of your fan base and so um, you know this year we we didn't have quite the same number of giveaways um, just from a promotional spend we just didn't do it Um, we did do uh, some outside entertainment acts those were a little bit different also Um, what I was finding is that people were so excited to come out to the ballpark that, you know, if there was a, if there was a something, you know, a fireworks night or, you know, whatever, it's kind of just bonus. Um, but it, it wasn't necessarily the only thing that people were evaluating to, to come out any longer. Um, we were noticing that people were waiting um, a little bit longer to, to commit to buying tickets, but then people were certainly making that transaction. So our single game numbers were much higher this year Um, than they have been in the past and um which makes sense because our group numbers were lower and so you know it kind of offsets a little bit Um, but we also of course because like you can never just make one change in isolation to see if it works or not you have to make a million changes at once and then you're not really able to pinpoint which one was really the winner but um you know but we also modified our marketing strategies and the way that we really position digital and so we've you know we changed a lot in that way Um, We also had fewer ticket sales reps than we do uh, or had been before. I think usually we would have anywhere between 16 and 18 sales team members. Um, And now we have seven, you know, and so when you look at it in that way, um, you know, we were really concerned, not just from a, a, from a sales standpoint, but from like a manpower standpoint and like being able to visit customers on a game night and be able to to make sure that our, our fans were taken care of. Um, But in doing so, what we learned is that we can offset a little bit from a sales team standpoint and apply that, that same, that same spend or, you know, something similar to our marketing strategies and really see a lot of return in that way.
0: That's awesome to hear working smarter.
1: Yeah. And, you know, and, you know, as much as anyone, like I love people and I especially love the people that I work with and our team that we have. Um, but when, like, also the hardest part of my job is people and managing Mm -hmm. everyone's expectations and their, their needs and their role and, you know, and their contributions. Um, and so, you know, it also kind of freed us up in our, our VP of ticket sales, um, you know, we don't have a director of ticket sales right now, uh, so we're also hiring a director of ticket sales. If anyone knows anyone, but um, but you know, so then that also freed him up a little bit more that he didn't have some of the same HR type, um, you know, kind of conversations and um, and accountability checks that he usually would, which was important for him also.
0: Well, yeah, and the working smarter this year was investing in marketing versus mm-hmm. investing in trying to hire because trying to hire, I think we can all agree was really challenging yeah. um, both full-time and, and seasonally in this business because we ramped up super quick. Mm-hmm. And you know, while we all thought, oh, we have all this time to prepare, our projection was 20% of capacity and mm-hmm. a month in we were at a hundred. So we weren't necessarily staffed accordingly and it was challenging to ramp up like while mm-hmm. you were producing events.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And finding the
0: people who were ready to do it.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. We had a much, uh, much smaller stable, I think right now than we have before. So,
0: yeah. So a sneaker promotion for us this year, we've done it a few years in a row, but um, Harry Potter night did really well. Cause the giveaway we did was a wand and I'll give a plug for the, uh, the promo uh, provider that we use, Destroyer Rocks, created these incredible Harry Potter wands. And my designer did a great job with, with the box, or I should call it like a magical night with the aces. Apologies for the trademark infringement on my <laughs> explanation there. I love it. <laughs> um, but we gave away these wands and they became uh, like a thing. I mean, people, were, really? I haven't seen a giveaway lineup like that in a long time. And this wasn't, this was like towards the end of August. So the, the surge for tickets and our attendance surge over the summer for people who just wanted to get out and like uh-huh. do stuff, because I think we all got, we got to um, take advantage of that. That had worn off slightly. And then this Harry Potter promotion was just like gangbusters it also helps that um, our marketing director is really into Harry Potter, and so is some of the other people on his team. And it just it it's one of those examples of if you have somebody who's passionate about something and they pour it in, you're going to get better results. So maybe for you it's not Harry Potter; it could be something else that that they love. Um, but take advantage of that.
1: No, it's the same. It's totally the same. We are um, our director of game presentation has this like just incredible knack for building out a full event in the way that he um, like everything is cohesive and branded and he gets so behind 90s culture and we have throwback nights to when the team used to be called the 89 Oklahoma City 89ers and um, and so we'll do these like you know and and it's honestly that was the team name for forever so he could take any era but he crushes it at the 90s and like he has like, he had like a, like a flux capacitor, like the back to the future (laughs) car come out and like did all this thing. And he does all the graphics and he's amazing with video, but you're right. And it's the same thing. Like if you translate that to the sales side of like, when you are trying to find the right call, like the right group leader, right. Cause the difference between a so-so group and a really great you know, and, and a large, a large ticket buyer group is all about the group leader. And if you find someone who's into it and passionate, then that's when your numbers grow It's the same concept. It's just, it's just a different topic.
0: Yeah, it's, it's so true. And, and I love that I, we're, we've got nineties night we're thinking about for next year. And I'm pretty pumped about it because I don't know, I was born in the eighties, but I feel like I'm a nineties kid. Cause that's was like my youth Yeah, um, in, sure. in the nineties. So, uh, another thing I wanted to mention, cause we hadn't done it before this year is adding, uh, an act to the experience. So we hired Tyler's amazing balancing act and had him come out and perform. And we've always focused on making the big nights bigger. And that was right. layering in giveaways, themes, mm-hmm. jerseys, um uh, fireworks, you know, doing those things, but we had never added an act to to the game day experience aside from maybe mascots. So we paid for this guy to come in and we thought all right it's not going to probably help us sell tickets because people aren't going to know who he is, however, let's just make this night super fun and let's see what happens dude was incredible. My <laughs> four-year-old son saw him on Saturday and on Tuesday on the way to school asked me, do you think Tyler can balance a tree on his nose? So yeah. The fact that, I
1: love that. Don't think yeah, about it.
0: <laughs> yeah. And by name said Tyler, not awesome. that guy. <laughs>
1: right. Well, and, <laughs> and I think, Oh, go
0: ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, I got a, an email, one email from a fan that said, you need to bring him back in the future because when you do, I'm bringing all my friends. like he took the time to write to me because he was so entertained, that's obviously so by the game and everything that we do, but that that extra level of fun mm-hmm. was was really a great energy. So that's that's something we learned and we'll be carrying forward to the future.
1: That's really cool. And you and we do a similar concept. We call it peak on peak, but it's kind of the same thing as yeah. making your big nights bigger. So, Um, And one thing that we really adopted this year is, this is going to sound really weird, but we, we kind of just took an approach of like, 2021 is just so jacked up anyway. Like, let's, if we have an idea, like, let's just do it. Like, what's the worst that could happen at this point, you know? And so we, all, we have a funny, like what's the worst that could happen saying around the office sometimes, but we, um, because I think it's like baseball people, were all really superstitious. So when you say that to someone, it like makes their skin crawl, but um, which, you know, so anyway, but, but that was like our, that was like our concept of like, you know, usually I would make people like to have all of these, like lay out a plan and like justification and how's it gonna work? And how does this fit into our overall, you know, our overall experience and budget and all of these things. And this year, Like, I don't know if it was just like, we're all coming off of a pandemic and like, are just like the way we evaluate things that we want to be stressed about is different. But I was just like, yeah, I guess just do it. Like, let's just see. And what's the worst that could happen. And if it goes great, then we'll carry it forward. And if it goes really badly, like yeah, it happened in 2021 and it was kind of weird year anyway. So
0: eh. yeah. And the data is going to be confusing to really analyze (laughs) from this year. (laughs) Very confusing. Uh, the pandemic reaction combined with the rollovers. I don't even know how we're going to extract anything like specifically meaningful. We're going to have to go back to one of the the uh, how how does it feel sort of moments. Yes. Yeah, um, as we look towards the future. <laughs> well, I oh, love good. the what's the worst that can happen because mm-hmm. when you put your mind in that that frame. If you think about it, usually it's shocking initially. And this has happened Mm -hmm. to me like several times over this last week, like pretty bad stuff has happened um, related to the business. And at first it's shocking and you might need a minute to like take a breath, take Mm -hmm. a, take a little breather, sit with it for a moment. And when you come back to it, you realize the show will go on and you'll figure it out. And the, the, The initial shock in my experience has always been worse than what happens after.
1: Yeah, I think that's pretty. I think that's pretty natural. I think one of the things that really, um, I don't don't know, like this was kind of a revelation that came out of the of the pandemic is like, you know, all of us make tons of decisions throughout the day, right? Like, like thousands of decisions, and and I'm okay with that, right? what I was finding is that, you know, over these last several months, it's not that we, it's not that we're making a decision and then being able to move on from it because it's a decision. And then you get another situation or another, like more information or something like that. And it's like, you have to keep making the same decision over and over again, but with a different outcome. And so I think that just that fatigue of that is just like wearing, wearing on people, um, and I think people keep trying to like have this crystal ball of like, well, okay, well, what if we did this Then maybe this might happen and this and this and this. And I think it's, it's just really wearing everyone down. Um, and so what we talk a little bit about on our team is like, we can't like my crystal ball is so cloudy at this point. Like I have no idea what's going to happen. It literally, as soon as like we get off of this call, anything could happen. Right. So, but but like, we still have to continue to move our business forward and have progress. And so like, we focus on making the best decision for the right reason. And then really kind of, and then, and then deal with the outcome from there. But I think when you start really trying to like anticipate all of these things, like it's, you can get really trapped in a real bad, choose your own adventure that nobody wants to be in right now.
0: And this is why I love you, Jen (laughs) Burns. Cause that just speaks right to my heart. (laughs) Oh my God. The decision fatigue, there's no better way to put it Mm -hmm. uh, than in in the crystal ball analogy. I mean, works, we, we can't be expected to predict the future. Uh Um, And it's, it's been one of those years because we haven't had really the data to lean on to support what to do. There was no playbook. Right. And that was, that was challenging. Okay. Well, I think that, um, like more than 30 minutes has absolutely flown by. I promise Jenna, (laughs) like, I'm not going to take up too much time of your day, please. I want to have this conversation (laughs) and share it with everybody. So I got to ask you, Mm -hmm. I know you did just go on vacation, um, Mm -hmm. girls trip, which is incredible, but are you planning Mm -hmm. a vacay post season?
1: Yes. So I have, um, I have two upcoming trips. Um, in October. So next week, I'm actually going on a um, on a retreat for a leadership group um, that uh, that's going to be a year long that that starts next week. Um, and it is sixteen women that are all in sports and entertainment in some capacity. Um, and it's it's a a group that is really there to aid in just consistent and continual development, which I'm really passionate about. Um, I think that's one thing as leaders that there's always these expectations that we pour into and, and really focus on people that we lead. Um, But if like, if I'm not doing the same for myself, then I don't think that I'm adequately equipped to, to work with them. And so I think kind of kind of keeping that always in mind um, that you just can't pour from an empty cup is really an important thing. Um, So I'm going to be doing that. And I'm really excited. There's some really sharp women um, that are uh, that are involved in this program. And then um, following that, my husband and I are going to go to Napa for a uh, for a long weekend, um, which will be traveling without our children, which is from, I mean, for a NAPA experience the way you want to do that. Um, but, uh, but that'll be nice, um, just as a like end of season, just relaxation and, uh, and being able just to kind of reconnect in that way.
0: That sounds amazing. Um, Mm -hmm. pump for you and your personal (laughs) development with the women's leadership group. I think that Mm -hmm. is incredible and I can't wait to hear more about it. And then second, good, good job planning a <laughs> trip. Like as if you didn't have enough to do, you planned a vacation mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. with the husband. I love it. And uh, that's, that's going to be incredible. You're not going to be too far away. Um, that's right. I'll, I'll be uh, probably drinking wine at my house about three <laughs> hours from you.
1: You know what? It's still a Napa like experience. It just really, <sighs> just looks, you know, what's out your window.
0: Yes. No, it's true. It's true. Bouncing the baby with my foot in her. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I got to get her just a tiny bit older before we, we take a trip without the kids. I could just too hard for me right now. She's so little.
1: There's a point in which like, you know, that you need it and it would be really relaxing, but sometimes that just like the logistical nightmare of trying yeah. to figure out some of those things just doesn't it doesn't really make it worth it so and it's it's all about when you're ready so I think that's a good call yeah
0: yeah the babysitters and and all the coordination uh is is a challenge can be a yeah. challenge we were there we did we did a trip or so before the new baby was born we we're like man we had kids old enough that we could travel and now we're now we don't. But I'm sorry. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't trade for, for anything. She'll get there. She'll get there. She'll get there. I know it goes by quickly. It goes by quickly. Well, I That's wish true. you all the best in the rest of your season and Thank You same to I you. I feel like Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Emily and Jenna show where we debrief everything minor league baseball. Was that that a good radio voice?
1: I think so. That's perfect. And I don't know why
0: we don't do that now that you mentioned it. So I know, I think we should, I think we should, maybe we should co-interview somebody one time too.
1: I feel like that could get real, that could get dicey or it could be amazing.
0: Yeah. Those are the
1: only two. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That I think it, I think we should try
1: well, you will let
0: the audience tell us, send me an there email, um, leadership is female at gmail.com. Okay. If you would like for Jen and I to interview you in the spotlight, I think it would be, that would be yeah. very cool. Very yeah. cool. All right. Well, as always, you are amazing. Thank you Thanks. for your time and for sharing your voice and experience with the leadership is female audience.
1: Yes. Thank you for having me. I love uh, I love seeing how this, has, uh, this podcast has progressed and I think you do an amazing job with it. Thank you. Oh,
0: you're the best. With that, let's get into the top four takeaways. Number one, make great friends in your industry. I'm so grateful for Jenna. We don't work together day to day or even for the same company, but she's been such a wonderful colleague and friend to me to share ideas, business opportunities, and growth. Number two, Dodgers University. What a great idea to invite all of your seasonal staff to the park and run them through all of the processes. It takes time to invest in this type of training, but do it once and each year rinse and repeat and include all of your upgrades. Number three, use digital as a selling tool. Display ads, social advertising, newsletters, content, web bot, and offer your products online to purchase. This is one of the biggest takeaways of 2021 is to move sales online. And number four, Peak on peak has not gone away. How can you make your biggest nights bigger? Get them there and show them a great time. Hey leaders, if you want to be in for a treat, definitely subscribe to this show if you have not done so already because we have so many amazing episodes coming up. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify wherever you listen so you don't miss out. And if you leave us a review or post about me or tag Leadership is Female on your Instagram stories to talk about the show, we'll enter you into a giveaway. We're giving away something every single month, some of my favorite things from my favorite work bag to my favorite sunglasses. Make sure that you spread the word and we will reward you for that. I'll also send you a personal thank you note and repost your comments and reviews. Last thing, did this episode bring you any insights, ideas, aha moments, anything you are inspired by? If so, take one second and share the link, post about it on your Instagram, text your friend, email, so many ways to share leadership is female. And if you do post about this show, again, don't forget to tag at Leadership is Female or at Emily Jansen or my awesome guest today, because knowing that this conversation made a difference for you means the world to us and we love to see it. Thank you so much. This podcast was recorded and edited by Emily Jansen, public relations by Paige Hegedis and distributed by Anchor FM.